Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM 640. You're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, then after 4 o'clock, John Cobell's show on demand. Also on the iHeartRadio app, Deborah is here, Eric is here. We're all in place, ready to go. We got much to do. Just quickly, at 1.30, we're going to have Steve Garvey on. He had a debate last night with the three Democratic candidates, and uh, he's going to tell us what that was like. Uh, two o'clock, independent journalist Daniel Gus, LA Times bloodbath day. They uh, laid off 115 people in the newsroom, which is a very large percentage of the employees they had left, left as... Uh, that newspaper continues to swirl the bowl. Uh, we will uh, talk now to Michelle Franzen from ABC News. She has been covering uh, the New Hampshire primary. Michelle, how are you? I'm doing well. And um, we have been on the ground today, even talking with some of the voters early on this morning who headed out to the polls on their way to work today. And it was a mixed bag of who was voting for who. So it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting finish when the polls close later today. Of course, Donald Trump remains the front runner with a sizable lead uh, with Republican voters here in the Granite State. What Nikki Haley is looking for is that independent, undeclared vote. They make up some 300,000 plus voters who will be going to the polls today, deciding whether they're going to vote Republican, whether they're going to vote Democrat, whether they're going to vote for Trump. Haley, Biden, Biden, someone else. So independent voters are allowed to vote in a Republican primary, which isn't the case in a lot of other states. Yes, that's what makes it so interesting here. Let's take Iowa, for example. It's it's a closed 
closed primary. So that gave Donald Trump a sizable lead. And he maintained the lead again with the with the Republicans in his party. What Haley has a chance to do here is to get that crossover vote of, yes, some moderates, but other people who who no longer uh, want to have either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. And they're looking to turn the page. Uh, when when all these polls come out, because you probably saw there are two new ones that I saw today anyway, one from the Boston Globe, both of them had Trump up by 20 points. But when they do the polling, are they polling just Republicans or are they polling the independents who might vote in the Republican primary? And I, I don't even know how would you determine that other than trusting people. Yeah, it, it depends on which poll, first of all, that you're looking at and then how big that poll is of the survey. But uh, usually they'll break down Republicans as, and compared to, you know, what they heard from the independent and the undeclared and then you know then there's the whole pool of undecided who may not know until they're walking in that door who they're going to vote for can you tell uh over the years when a campaign knows it's going to lose and is just hyping it because that's what you do on the last day i mean is there any sense what so, the nikki haley crowd really thinks are they really think they can pull off some kind of an upset here or are they going through the motions i don't know if they're going through the motions I haven't talked with anyone from the campaign today. They're keeping a low profile except for Nikki Haley showing up and visiting a couple of poll centers. But she indicated to reporters and in her campaign memo to staffers that they're in it for the long haul, at least through Super Tuesday. So that puts us at the beginning of March. And she wants to make it to her home state next month of South Carolina. I think a lot depends on what happens tonight. A lot of people are saying, well, what's considered you know, a win for the Haley camp. It seems like if they continue to gain momentum and they come closer and closer to, to Trump, that might be enough to stay in. But there's a lot of factors involved. It's not just the campaign or the candidate deciding. It has to do with donors. And so we won't know until we find out what the results are and whether or not Nikki Haley can keep going. Yeah, because the donors gave up on DeSantis, which I'm sure had a lot to do with him getting out of the race as quickly as he did. Uh, once they realize I mean, yeah, a candidate's a loser, they, they they don't want to pour you know any good money after bad. And Nikki Haley has had you know a lot of the bigger donors that Ron DeSantis once had or wanted and didn't get. And you're right, but we have to see how that plays out too. I think it is early in season you know another a lot of other states would like to weigh in on this and their voters but uh you've got some some support from both sides of the political aisle here you know joe biden is a write-in candidate here today you know the democrats really changed their primary calendar where new hampshire is not their first primary they changed it to south carolina but new hampshire by their state law has to be the first primary in the nation. And so Joe Biden's surrogates to have a write-in campaign here today. And theoretically, they could siphon off some of those independent voters, right? Take mm -hmm. away from Nikki Haley, because the Biden campaign has not been shy about saying they would rather go up against Trump again than but, Haley. But there's no delegates on the Democratic side for this primary. No no delegates. Those are up for sort of a battle, you know, whether or not they'll be allotted because of this this rift between the DNC 
and the New Hampshire Secretary of State office and those delegates. In, in talking to some of the voters who uh, are, are leaning towards Haley, have you been able to get a sense whether they're making their one statement with Haley for the primary, but if she loses, they're happy to go to Trump? Or is this a permanent protest against Trump and there's no way they're going to ever vote for him? Well, that also remains to be seen. I think that there are some people who are choosing to vote for Trump because they feel like Nikki Haley may not have it for the long run. And then there are others who do feel that and they're not going to vote for Trump at any point again if they did before. So it's really still a mix. And, you know, people become more and more entrenched as this election cycle goes on. So we'll see. What time do the polls close uh, in New Hampshire? It's a it's a graduated closing. Not all polls stay open until eight. But once the eight o'clock is the latest, as you well know, the earliest was Dixville Notch. That was right after midnight. Nikki Haley sweeping that <laughs> tiny township of six votes. All six. <laughs> all six. Well, it's better than losing all, all six. six. But, you know, you know, that is more tradition than anything else. And, and I do have to say, you know, history with Dixville Notch of they end up, you don't always choose the nominee and neither does New Hampshire. So each state, you know, there's a lot of voters, I think, in South Carolina that are wishing, boy, I hope we get a choice. And maybe states beyond that. Yeah, it may be uh, all over by uh, by five o'clock uh, our time here. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Michelle, thank you for coming on. Michelle Franzen with ABC News covering thank the you. New Hampshire primary. All right. I mean, the, the polls have Trump ahead by over 20 points. And, you know, I don't put a lot of faith in polls, especially if it's five points or less, because, you know, that's margin of error territory. And often they're wrong by six or eight points. When you get into a 22 point advantage, odds are, yeah, you really are going to win. Um, if that poll was taken uh, the week of the election. So there are there are degrees of disbelief that that I have. Oh, uh, coming up, uh, we are going to be giving away $1,000, right? Do I have that? Yes, I do have that. All right. So we're going to give away $1,000 in a matter of minutes. After 1.30, Steve Garvey on stage last night with three Democratic candidates, all three certifiably insane. Uh, we'll talk about his experience. We've got some clips to play, too. Deborah Mark live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. In Elton has been hurt while putting out a fire at a homeless camp inside a pedestrian tunnel in South L.A. That fire was reported around 3 this morning. Mammoth Mountain has got nearly two feet of... You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. So there was the uh, debate last night, Senate debate. Uh, it was uh, at USC. It was sponsored by Politico and... Um, it ran on Fox 11. Alex Michelson was one of the uh, moderators, and it also ran on KFI. And I, um, it, it's hard for me to come home and then immediately jump in front of a, a, a debate, right? I, I mean, I've been on the air for three hours, and I'm hungry, and I, it's like I, I can't sit and look at Adam Schiff and Katie Porter screeching at me. So I listened to some of it on the radio. I jumped in the car to I was going out to dinner, and I was driving around. I listened to the debate, which is a different experience. Um, and I tuned in right in the middle of, well, actually early on in the dust-up between all the candidates over whether Steve Garvey is going to vote for Trump or not. 
and which, of course, has no bearing on my day-to-day life here in California. None. I, he, he could vote for a gorilla for all I care. It doesn't matter to me who he votes for. What matters to me is how he's going to vote if he gets in the Senate, okay? Uh, However, uh, his response was unsatisfactory. And what I didn't know, because I tuned in just a couple minutes late, is it was uh, KFI's Mo Kelly had asked the question. He was a guest questioner last night. And the question was, was a fill in the blank, if the American people should choose former President Trump, former President Trump as commander in chief, then you fill in the blank. What will happen? What does it mean? So here is Garvey uh, answering. Well, I think the single greatest currency we have is the right to vote. And I think we should take this personally. And I think when we vote for a president and he's duly elected, I believe we should support that president, support the office, because that's the leader of the United States, the free world. And uh, that uh, set off all three Democrats. They were incensed that Garvey wouldn't tell them whether he was going to vote for Trump or not. Maybe Garvey hasn't decided yet. Apparently that's uh, not an option in March. No, it's not March. In, in January. I mean, this is, this is a March primary. Uh, and uh, in January, do you have to uh, make a decision on who you're going to vote for? Well... Here's Adam Schiff responding to the same question. If Donald Trump is elected president, then we are, and it rhymes with crude. Um, he, is the, he is the <laughs> gravest threat to our democracy in our history. He tore down our institutions. Uh, he incited a violent attack on our capital. The best thing that we can do, and I've gone toe-to-toe with him, and if need be, I will go to toe-to-toe with him again to defend our democracy. But um, his election would be the gravest threat uh, in our country's history. Certainly, it's modern history. (laughs) Not much hyperbole there, huh? The greatest threat in its modern history. Hmm. Okay. Greater than all those Russian nuclear bombs, I guess. (laughs) Then Barbara Lee. She's this uh, Looney Tune congresswoman from Oakland. And by the way, she should take a drive around Oakland uh, to see what's going on there. Uh, Play that same question. Play the clip. I'm going to say first, I believe that uh, our Republican opponent here on this stage uh, has voted for Donald Trump twice, according to public reports. That agenda is an agenda to dismantle our democracy. <laughs> and so if anyone on this stage believes that Donald Trump should be president because of his position to dismantle this democracy, then where are we here as a state and a country? So I will fight to make sure that we protect our freedoms, to protect our democracy, and to protect Donald Trump from ever again running for public office. And right now, I'm taking him to court. I'm the lead plaintiff in the NAACP lawsuit to hold him, the Proud Boys, and the Oath Keepers accountable. He is not above the law. Thank you, Congressman. All right. Okay. Again, go drive around Oakland. You'll see, not democracy dismantled, you'll see all of civilization dismantled. Uh, Now, Katie Porter, and she's a pleasant listen. She answers the question. We will lose credibility on the world stage 
It will set us back decades oh in terms of diplomacy and being able to build democracies around the world. It will cause us to lose senior military leaders who refuse to serve under somebody who was engaged in an inciting an insurrection. And it will weaken the diverse recruitment of the oh. military that we need to keep our country safe. Oh, I'm glad diverse got in there, huh? Um, you know, I was around uh, 2017, 2018, 2019. Uh, I don't remember any of this happening. Uh, 2020 was COVID, and uh, that uh, derailed things. But um, he didn't he didn't uh, spread the COVID. Um, I just don't remember the the civilization being destroyed, democracy being destroyed, uh, uh, the the people quitting the military. I I don't recall that. Maybe I fell on my head. Now here's where Schiff goes after Steve Garvey, trying to get Garvey to admit that Trump is a threat. Cut five. And I just want to underscore what Barbara Lee said. Um, Mr. Garvey, you won't tell the public whether you're going to support this man again. You voted for him twice. You saw what he did on January 6th. You, you have to see what a threat he is to the country. I can understand you don't want to alienate MAGA world by saying you're against him. But you also won't stand up to him. What more do you need to see of what he's done to be able to say that you will not support him, that you will not vote to put him back in office. What more do any of us need to see? What, well, actually, that was going to be my question. So uh, <laughs> I was channeling you, Alex. <laughs> Mr. Garvey, we'll give you a minute because that's going to be your, your topic. Yeah. I mean, there's identity politics at its finest right there. Trying to paint me into the corner, trying to call me MAGA. Yeah. Miss Lee tried to keep me in the same corner also. I'm my own man. I make my own decisions. I voted Mr. for him Garvey, twice I, but Mr. Garvey, you'd like to I know thought that he was the best person. As your own man, what is your decision? Let him, let, him, let him answer. It's his turn. You're banging on that trash can just like the Astros did a few years ago. <laughs> and as I will continue, movie. that I think that it's important to when two people are the final two people yeah that you choose the person that you felt was the best person for the job but if, if his first first opponent his first opponent talked down to the people of this country his first opponent opponent thought she was entitled You're talking about Hillary his Clinton. second opponent yeah. stayed in a basement and only came out in controlled environment but they both but they by both, the way yeah. i wouldn't have voted for president reagan if he stayed in the basement. Okay, but so both times he was the best person for the job. How you feel about him personally is totally different. But now, but economists say but now that they both, he they did. Both, economists both, say, excuse me. Yeah, economists say that he did an exceptional job for our economy. People will say he created jobs for minorities more than any in this history. So, so you so can take things personally, but, but, but as far as I'm concerned, the question, question is, let's keep this together. Let's keep it together. Here's the question. <laughs> there's four and a half more minutes of that if you want to get to cut there's, six. There's four and a half more minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it good? It's good stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah. all right. Well, you know what? He Steve's coming on. We got to do the news. Steve's coming on. Maybe after Steve leaves, then we'll we'll play uh, more of it. Um, it's just uh, like nobody nobody wanted to give up here. Uh, it's it's like he's he's not telling you now, so you're just gonna have to live with that. And again, who Steve Garvey votes for does not affect your life or my life here in California at all. I can think of a lot of other things 
that uh, should be discussed and debated uh, that grossly, uh, gravely affects our life. But that's not one of them. Uh, we will get uh, Steve Garvey on in uh, minutes. John Cobalt Show. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM640. There's an old saying, "Go uh, get woke, go broke. Yes, get woke, go broke. You see it happen to Bud Light. You see it happen to Disney. You see it happen to uh, CNN, to Target. Uh, they all, you'll lose a lot of money, customers, viewers, followers, because you get too woke. And it happened to the Los Angeles Times, too. And even a billion dollars from Patrick Sunshian can't save that sinking ship, as we've talked about. Well... Two more editors in the last week have resigned, and today they announced 115 layoffs, which uh, they only have 500 uh, journalists left in the newsroom, which is way down from what it used to be. I'll tell you all about that coming up with Daniel Gus joining us. He's an independent journalist, uh, the Gus Report. Uh, he's going to be with us at 2 o'clock on the uh, massive layoffs as uh, time continues to swirl. Uh, Steve Garvey's coming on now. Steve, ready? He's uh, 
the Republican Senate candidate. The primary is coming up on March the 5th. He's up against three Democrats, Adam Schiff, Barbara Lee, Katie Porter. Top two go on to November. So uh, if he can uh, gather together all the non-Democratic voters, and uh, that is more than half of the state, uh, he could uh, make the top two and go on to November. And so they had a big debate last night, ran on KFI. Steve, how are you again? Good. Good. I just took off my uh, Kevlar uh, vest and it had some dents in it, but uh, I think I withstood the, the uh, storm. Uh, it was a... It was a positive evening for uh, Team Garvey, and, and thanks again for carrying the debate. Um, and it was quite enlightening. You know, last time I debated was uh, 60 years ago. I think I was a junior in high school. And uh, to have uh, been on the stage last night, which was an honor for me to be the only conservative, and, and I think great for, for my messaging, reaching the people, you know, as one voice. And uh, going up against uh, my opponents, and uh, the moderators were good, but still, you know, it was five against one. And uh, a very respected voice in Washington called me, and, and he said, you know what? He said, you did a better job in the uh, first game of the Senate playoffs than they would have done in the first game of the uh, uh, National League uh, uh, playoffs there. So I think that was a pretty good compliment. Yeah, well, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 we've had – we have eight minutes of the back and forth. We played some of it already. And yeah. – I, I I understand what their shtick is, is to turn Trump into uh, some kind of evil monster that's going to destroy the country. But he has been president for four years, and that didn't happen. You voted for him twice. You're not making a decision yet, or at least you're not announcing it yet. So what? Yeah. I, I mean, that's really not their business who you're going to vote for to begin with. It's your choice whether you want to announce it or not, because none of it has anything to do with the day-to-day -day life of Californians. Yeah, and and you could see that last night. I think it was glaring. People said the difference between you and, and the three progressives was, first of all, demeanor. Uh, second of all, you were speaking to the people of California. They were speaking ideology. Uh, I think last night spoke volumes for how threatened they feel of me. You know, this this was this cabal that was going into this uh, Senate election, the three of them, and one of the two women was going to go against uh, against Schiff. And all of a sudden, this guy Garvey comes out of nowhere and shakes things up. And, uh, and now they got to think a strategy. And I think last night it was interesting, um, you know, in doing uh, pre-debate with some, some uh, very good people and strategists for me, um, we thought that uh, – that Katie Porter was going to come after me right off the bat because I don't think she ever thought she'd be in third position at this point with a stretch run of six weeks. And we thought that uh, probably Congressman Schiff would be a little more detached. And that, of course, uh, Barbara Lee, you know, and, and her tenure, we weren't sure there. But it was interesting, not too much attack in the beginning, because I think the moderators were trying to get a feel for us also. But as we started to get into policy, and uh, and the question was, Steve, you've, you've been vague on policy. Uh, you know, where are you? And I said, you know, I'm not a career politician. Uh, I'm your neighbor. I love California. I'm a Californian. I've taken four months now to travel around California and listen to the people. The people have told me what they want and what they need. And 
irrevocably, they said policy has been quicksand for them. They can't seem to get up to breaking even every day. I think I think the last poll, it was 88% of Californians believe that they have lost money or barely broken even. And and that and that's a crime. It's a crime against California, but it's happening throughout the country. So what I've been doing is listening, uh, not forming policy, but positions on these things. And I think if you think in terms of position, if you think in terms of collaboration and building consensus, if you talk about policy, you talk about ideology. And my three opponents, it's an ideology. They're going back to Washington today or whenever it is, and they're going to go back and they're going to get more quotes for the product, from the from the party line. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm going back into California in the next 10 days and listen to the people again. Listen to the farmers and ranchers. Let's talk about their needs and, and water. Let's go back to the homeless. I've been to San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, Sacramento. And I got laughed at last night because I said, I want to go and listen and and to look people in the eye and, the, and the touch these people so that I really know the soul of, of California. I, I don't know if we got through last night, but I'm running for the soul of California. You know what? It, 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 is, it, is, it, is, it is important for them. The, for the, I don't care. Anybody in the audience last night, it was USC. It was going to be far left from my opponents. But what was important last night with, with the people watching and listening? No, I, I, I listened to uh, a lot of it, and maybe it's because it was on the radio. You, you actually came across, it was, a, it was a novel approach and a refreshing approach because the way it's supposed to work is we send people to Washington as our representatives, and they're supposed to right. take with them what our problems are, what we need to make life better. And so you say, look, I'm talking to people. I'm determining, you know, what's needed for a particular issue. And the others were just preaching the ideology from the old handbook. Not and as, as a listener, as a regular person, I'm thinking, you know what? You're screaming about issues that either I don't care about or you clearly have like a, a radical idea. Uh, about it and 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 nothing is working none of your policies are working here in california you know i i i mean so, so, so something's wrong here and you're not yeah. listening to people and just you saying i'm listening to people i'm seeing what it is that's that they they need fixed and that the other three aren't doing that because no matter what people tell them they would preach exactly the same way I mean, we you could have a hundred people tell those three what their what their problems are, and it wouldn't change their speech in the slightest, not one word. Yeah, you know, and and uh, stance on uh, on immigration. You know, I've been to the border. They may have been there years ago. They haven't been to the border because they don't want to see it. They don't want to see the the uh, honest truth. I've been with the homeless. They're not going to go and visit the homeless. Yeah, it, it, it's not a nice place to be. And, and God bless them and my compassion for them, and I know yours and, and Californians, is we've got to get them off the street. We've got to get them into a program that addresses the mental illness, which is caused by drugs. And, yes, we'll, we'll provide shelter for them. But if, if you don't have this process that makes them whole again, that affects their, their body and their, and their mind and their soul, and gets them back into society, then you're not solving the problem and career politicians are throwing money at it they'll sign off on a bill and they'll throw money at it and they say well i've done my part we haven't you well, touch people keeping you know, keeping the border open so billions of dollars of fentanyl 
can come over the border and then kill thousands of people in the streets. I don't know how they live with themselves. They clearly have to seal off the border and stop the fentanyl and stop, you know, the the, the supply line that feeds all the people that are that are are dropping dead from it. Yeah, you know, first of all, when you when you see the people coming across the border, first thing you see are people that have taken weeks to come there and we're told, oh, come across. Yes, the border's open. Come across. Come to America. You know, land of milk and honey, and so forth. But what about the humanity of, of uh, Californians, of Arizonans, of people in Texas at the border? I mean, these people are filtering through. I just did a, an interview in Kern County, the DA there, and it's filtering through Kern County and it's filtering through um, San Diego County and out where we are in uh, Coachella, you know, and, and some are saying some are moving on, but it's infiltrating this country and it's putting a stress on, on life as we know it putting a stress on our pocketbooks because we're going to pay for a lot of this welfare. So it's got to stop. We've got to close the border. We've got to take a deep breath. There is a process, legal process, that's been around for generations to come to America and become a legal citizen. And tens of thousands of people are in the their country of origin, have gone to the embassy, are now sitting there and, and saying, wait a minute. There's 8 million illegal aliens who, who jumped ahead of us. I mean, that's not fair. Can you hang on for another segment? Absolutely. You got time? Okay. Steve Garvey, Republican Senate candidate. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. We continue with Steve Garvey, and he had a debate last night, if called that. Adam Schiff, Barbara Lee, Katie Porter, the Democrats shouting, and then Steve Garvey, to my ears, uh, trying to be reasonable. Steve, well, just to continue on the path that we were going, yeah. I, I, uh, they've had their run running things the last few years. The, the, uh, the border is a complete disaster. Inflation has really screwed with people, especially, you know, you look at $5 gas that we've had in California and, and, and the food prices are up, you know, 20, 25, 30%. They're not up 3%. Food's up 30% in a lot of cases. And so it's not working. Whatever their ideas are, it's not working. Then you add all the homelessness, homelessness, the drug addiction, and the crime in California. Their way has been a big failure. And I think people might be open to your way of saying, whoa, let's calm down, listen to each other, work together, because this is a failure right now. John and, and the world's watching. I mean, uh, we're the, the leader of the free world. We carry the torch for democracy. And uh, at the beginning of this administration, uh, Afghanistan and, and all the decisions made, not only, not only the ones you were talking about, which are decimating this country. I mean, we're imploding from within if we don't get good common sense uh, representatives in place soon, especially with this race. Uh, so what we have to do is look where, where the failure has been, it's Washington, it's the administration. Uh, look at our career politicians. They've been given time. Katie Porter last night was trying, trying to say she wasn't a career politician, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, and now let's get common sense voices like mine. A lot of good men and women who are out there have been told, you you can't win. You know, don't even run. Well, I think with, when people are coming up to me and saying, Steve, thank you for running. Uh, we're proud of you. Uh, what can we do? I say, Stand with me. Uh, share my voice. Uh, share it with people that you think could uh, carry this voice uh, 
not only, especially in the state of California to begin with, and then back to Washington. So, like you said, uh, this has all happened on their watch. And a very good CEO friend of mine from a big company said, said it was up to me. Uh, and I'd do a job review of each of them and fire them. They haven't done the job. They haven't represented the, the, uh, the people. And they talk Washington, but really most of the time they're running for a job. I mean, for them it's a job. For me, this is personal to represent the people of California, my neighbors. Well, they don't seem to want to admit about all their policies that have failed. That's what's excruciating no. about listening to it. They don't really want to touch the border or touch homelessness or talk about the very high cost of living. They just repeat their same worn-out slogans. They shout all their slogans. I mean, maybe it was the radio, but you came across as a normal person, and they came across as as, as crazy people. That's what I thought. It's like I'm listening to crazy people here. When, when people are on the defense, if they know they're wrong, what do they do? They shout. They try to shout over you. They interrupt you. So uh, I was ready for that last night. And there were times where they tried to interrupt and shout over me. And there were times where, where I would look at, as the people watching last night and think, this is crazy. These people are representing us. And there were times that I had to keep messaging. So I talked over them and I looked at the moder moderators and they gave me extra time because they thought this, he's saying something that's important for the people they're responsible to. And that's the audience. So that's what we're doing with, with my journey is this this next six weeks running towards the uh, the primary and uh, being in the top two. And by the way, I want to win it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not running second place. I'm, I'm running to win the primary. And then all bets are off. And then Californians are going to look at the two of us and they're going to make have to make a choice. Are they going to make a choice for their future and their children's future and their grandchildren's future with somebody that that can lead responsibly? Or are we going to, and we're not going to stay status quo with what's happening to us now. We're going to continue to go farther and farther downhill. We're going to have our rights taken away, uh, like Congressman Schiff said last night. Deconstruct the courts, you know, the Supreme Court. He wants to deconstruct. He wants to flood it so they can control it. So, yeah. you know, now's the time to stand up. At any time in the last couple of generations, now's the time because it's a one party state. And by the way, Wall Street and Main Street are completely yeah, divided. The, the hardworking middle class that's left this, this state, 800,000 to a million people, were good tax-paying people, and they left because they couldn't get ahead. Let's do something where, and I think you may have gotten my message. I'm a free market capitalist. Let people compete. Let's give them a chance. Let's cut those taxes down. Let's... let's uh, open up the uh, the pipes and get oil and gas running again. Uh, let's put some money in the pockets of hardworking Californians. Let them spend it as to how they would like to, you know, for their children and families. And that's when we're going to get back the, the Californian. It's the heartbeat of America. Like I said, when I first started running, I remember it was the heartbeat of America. Now it's just a murmur. We can turn it around because the vibrancy of California, even though it's been dulled, has always been the people. And if the people speak, We'll get back to where we should be in this country and world. Steve, it was good having you on, and, and we'll talk again real soon, okay? Thanks for being on the journey with me, John. Right. Thank you, and to everybody listening. All right. Steve Garvey there, uh, running for Senate as a Republican uh, against uh, the other three. Uh, when we come back, I know we got—oh, oh, yes, this is— uh, <laughs>
So in the last week, uh, two more major editors of the L.A. Times resigned, and they they laid off 115 people in the newsroom. And they only had 500 left. They used to have, uh, 25 years ago, they had 1,200 writers and editors. They're down to 500. Now they're down to about 385. So it's it's shriveling. It's shrinking. And Sun Chiang uh, issued a statement. That he's, he's blown a billion dollars on this just in the last few years. A billion dollars. And he is not Jeff Bezos. He only has $8 billion. Now he's got seven. Deborah Mark live. Anyway, we're going to talk with Daniel Gus and uh, the journalist. And he's uh, got his uh, finger on the pulse of what's going on at the Times. He's an independent journalist. Uh, Deborah Mark live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM 640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.